This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR, and I am Anna Thompson, and I have some exciting people in the studio with us today. Say hello. Hello. I'm Jamie Bowler. I am Community Engagement Manager. Hi there. This is Rebecca Daly, Director of Communications and Community Engagement. And I round us out by being our Marketing and Communications Manager, otherwise known as AT, to those in the know at New Memphis. Um, And as always, we have a jam-packed episode for your Tuesday morning. We have the ever-so-bold and wonderful David Quarles IV. I'm so excited. I know. I really am. Um, And Jamie has also told us that she she dressed appropriately today. I was really stressing. I was like, (laughs) I have to look good. You guys can't see me, but I look great. But, but, I, but just ask me. I look great. No, her jewelry is on point. Thank she, you. Yeah, I'm, she really. I'm trying my best. I'm being a tryhard. <laughs> well, I think it'll be appreciated. Thank so um, for those who do not know, David Quarles is a Memphis-based interior designer, jewelry designer, content creator, and fitness instructor. A true definition of a multi-hyphenate creative, his philosophy on life stems from doing and creating all things from a place of love. David comes from an African-American, Afro-Caribbean, European, and Indigenous American descent, a vibrant cultural background that influences his work and movement in this world. He has a professional background in jewelry design, interior design, visual merchandising, and wellness coaching, and... He is a true creative through and through from the way he dresses and color coordinates his closet to the way that he designs spaces and uses color and emotion um, to impact everything around him, really. So we are so excited to have David in the studio today, um, fresh off the heels of launching his national wallpaper line and really um There's no need for me to wax more poetic about him because he's going to do a great job himself, I'm sure. So without further ado, um, Rebecca, Jamie, and I are going to get into our conversation with David Quarles IV. Good morning, David. How are you today? You're doing fine. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I can't complain. It wouldn't work. I, that's so true. It wouldn't do anything <laughs> for me. it just make me sad. But it's good to get it out. It so is. It's fine. It is. Um, yeah. So tomorrow is a very special day. Um, It is International Women's Day, March 8th, and it so beautifully intersected with the launch of your wallpaper line. So I wanted to, we wanted to talk to you first about the inspiration for your wallpaper line and the lovely ladies behind it. Okay, perfect. Where do you want me to start? Uh, start from the very beginning. A very good place to start. Okay. You were born. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like I was born on this day and then all of a sudden I was like wallpaper. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Um, no. So I will say just a little bit behind it. My grandmother, um, Lucille, Alice Lucille, is the one who inspired me to like even want to do interior design. So she used to keep me and I would see her like painting her walls different colors, but then found out that she would be dissatisfied with the paint mixes that the store would provide. So she would just get bases and get her own paint, like acrylic paint, and she would make her own colors. And so I was like, oh, wait a minute, you're a neat human. And then- <laughs> You can the, do that? Yeah. I was like, well, no, because you're just supposed to like dump paint out and there it is. But no, she would be there mixing like her own little lab. Um, and then she would change out her home every season and with the flowers as well. And so I was always in that environment and she inspired me daily. And then of course my dad throughout the week, he was a truck driver, but in the weekend he would do construction. And so my mom would always be on site as well. She was like the the quality control. Be like, (laughs) nope, that's leaning. No, that's so it's kind of like it's been in me. And like my grandmother was the inspiration for it, like the the catalyst. And so when I was tasked by Chasing Paper to yes. name my papers, um, that's who I partnered with, by the way. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's like Chasing Paper, go. Um, but they <laughs> were like, maybe you should just just name something. We came up with some and it was based off of the actual like figures, meaning like the um. Oh, speaking of mom, um, but <laughs> literally calling yes. you right now. I, I love it. Um, I love Hi, mom. Hold on, mom. Uh, but no, like behind, like the 
one is like a ponderosa pine and one is like a flowers. And so it was just too literal. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But you know. But one day I was really, yeah, exactly. I was like, there's got to be some depth to this, yeah. which not saying, but we were kind of like crunch and they were like, we need some names. Um, but I was running one day, which is where I get my inspiration. Like if I'm running or biking. And all of a sudden, I like bust out in tears. It was a song that came on. It's Find Your Way Back by Beyonce. And there's like a part that yes. is in uh, a different language. And it always gets me. I don't know why, but I was running. And then all of a sudden, just like tears and like from like my gut. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. My grandmother's like, that's the names that I'm going to give to the wallpapers. And so I immediately like stopped my run and started texting my mom all of these questions like, what did your mom wear? What did grandma wear? What was she like? Um, like her grandmother, what was she like? What was her like personality? Because I never met them. So I okay. only met Alice, the, the one who is still alive, thank goodness, um, and who was like the interior design inspiration. And then Rosie was her great aunt. Okay. Um, and so, well, it was her aunt. So there we go. Um, but that's where all of the inspiration came from. So I just ended up matching their personalities, what they would like, what they wore to the wallpapers, because it's like I had it in mind all along, but it just needed to be revealed in some way. Um, and so for the one that is Lucille, Lucille is of... Um, Creole and like Caribbean background. And so that's why I gave her the one that is more Art Nouveau because it mm -hmm. speaks to that design style. And as well, it's based off of a ponderosa pine, which they age and die beautifully. And so I wanted to put it a little bit more positive and be like, well, aging beautifully because yes. she's like, Ooh, she's going to get me. She's not 80, <laughs> but she's not 100. Um, uh, and so, yes. So she falls somewhere in between. Full and, of wisdom. Yes. Full of wisdom and full of beauty. Like every yes. year she just gets more beautiful. And so that's why I was like, well, this one belongs to her. It does. Um, and then with Ruth's garden, that's my mom's mom. And she sent me a picture and she had, uh, or she sent me pictures and I kept seeing that she wore flowers. She wore lots of flowers. And I'm like, that's that's the one. And so Ruth's Garden is all of my favorite flowers together. So ranunculus, hydrangeas, and um, birds of paradise. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of learned what her favorite flowers are. I was like, well, I can't add those. But um, she always wore flowers. And that was her thing. And she or would not, always have yeah. some out. And then Molly, so a song for Molly. Molly was my mother's grandmother. And she loved music. She loved kind of just like being around music on Sundays and kind of of just like getting the family and she was also very unconventional she would always wear like a bandana um like just tied around her forehead and would ask some of the oddest questions um we <laughs> exactly um, we need odd questions ask her what kind ask. of odd questions well, yeah, Can I, I think, uh... or she would answer them in an odd way and ask odd questions i think it was something that my my uncle asked her and she simply answered because i was grown and that was her saying that that that's that that's the reason you don't ask anything else. Um, and so, <laughs> end of story. Where do you go that's from that? Yeah. I mean, that just shut turn it around. Down. Yeah, yep. go, turn around go and on. walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is a very powerful print, and plus, it is one of my favorite Ankara prints, like in a different way. So it's the discs, the African discs, and so disc. Music, a song for Molly. Mm -hmm. There we go. And then the last one is Conversations with Rosie, which was my Lucille's aunt. And so she was the one who, like, the family always kind of went to, to, oh, no, we do have one more. No, that was it. Um, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. And so she was the one that the family went to. Like, if there were ever problems, she would just, like, kind of calm people down. And just, she was easy to talk to. And uh, the reason that I assigned her the one with the pothos is because my mom always would tell me, that whenever they would go and visit Rosie, she would give them clippings of plants. And so that was kind of like her way of like saying, bye for now, you'll come back because like if you have a problem with the plant, of course you're going to call me. But then if not, like all the way down to this day, and I think it's been 20 years, what's in my mom's garden are all clippings from Rosie. Hmm. And so I'm like, oh, there we go. You have to have the pothos plant. And so that was the inspiration. And I always wanted to share, too, because I think for women in general, but then black women, for sure, that women are always supposed to have to demand or show power to demand respect. But what about just being existing as a woman? 
and Amen. still having respect. And so that's why I wanted to interweave that theme with all of the wallpapers, because there's some that are powerful prints, but then some that are delicate, just flowers or leaves. But either way, they're going to be respected. And so that was my main thing that you shouldn't have to like a woman shouldn't have to raise her voice to demand respect. She should just be able to exist when she yes. wake up. Yes, thank She's you. Respect it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and that's why I wanted to really just give them the wallpaper. Like, just give it to them um, as far as dedicating it to them. Like, if I get a, a second wallpaper, I'll do it to the patriarchs. But the matriarchs were the ones <laughs> who needed who needed it. Yeah. They needed it first. Because especially since I didn't meet three of them, I wanted to make sure that their legacy was continued. And that's why it's called the Legacy Collection. Um, because I wanted their legacy continued until I get a chance to meet them. Wow. And I see like in your descriptions of each of them, I see a little bit of it, each of them in you too, mm -hmm. which is so fun so, yeah. that it was, like you said, it was always theirs. Mm -hmm. And just like, it's always been yours. It's like they were waiting. They were like, if you don't name this after us. So come on, <laughs> it's like, we're trying to give this to you. A gentle nudge. Yes. Yeah. It's like, come on. Um, women have but, also like so often been like relegated to domestic life mm -hmm. too, but to to let them live on in such like a bold and artistic way in people's homes is just really cool way to honor them. I think yeah. there's such beauty and importance in representation. Uh, and that's something that you are bringing to life here um, in the design world. Why is it important for us to have representation in the spaces and places that we spend time in? I think and mainly and I will speak from a cultural standpoint, um, because it's not I always say that your interior should reflect who you are in any way. And so I think as, you know, like coming from a black perspective that we've not necessarily had that much representation in the interior space. Not until, unfortunately, after 2020 and all of the unfortunate happenings. And then it was like, wait a minute, black people do interior design? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so... It gave us a way to show who we are, but there were no textiles, there were no wall coverings, there were no bold use of colors. And so that's why for the Black History Month side of things, that's why I wanted it to be released, because it's creating legacy not only for my grandmothers or continuing their legacy, because they don't need me to create that for them, <laughs> but it's just continuing the legacy. I wanted to make sure that I left something that made Yes, that was inclusive for everyone, but had a heavy stamp on the culture just because it's like, nope, we are here. We're here to stay. And wherever you go in restaurants now, because the wallpapers are commercially viable. Um, but, <laughs> yes. Just we have to make sure. There. Come on. Exactly. Asterisk down at the bottom. <laughs> yes. So there we are. Chasing paper. You're welcome. Uh, no, but they, wherever they're going to be used, it's going to be a representation of who decided to use it. And so that's why I really wanted to make sure, but just representation in general it's, it's good in the interior design field because I think it's been such just one way for a long time. And I know from like my past experience has been a, I wasn't necessarily when I first graduated because of the color of my skin was not accepted into the interior design community here in Memphis. It has changed. And I think, thank goodness. Um, yes, the, oh my goodness, uh, and hopefully. continuing to change. Yes, yes. I, I think there's an emergence that we have seen in mm -hmm. a volume of designers coming out, uh, not only within the city but nationally, like yes. you. Can you talk to, uh, about that and and how that tide is changing on on that kind of scale? Oh my goodness, yes, that is a very good question. Um, uh, I would say that I got my start like in the nation. I would say as an interior designer, it would be February fourth of twenty twenty one. One, like I was first put out there by Real Simple. And so they, it was a wallpaper that I painted. So wallpaper is just a, a continuing thing. Um, <laughs> but it's one that I painted and in my house. And it's like my dining room wallpaper. And I needed wallpaper, couldn't get it in time. So I was like, let me paint it. And there we are. Um, and that's where I first got my like national exposure. But I'm seeing it now that it is because there's so many different flavors of interior designers and so many different flavors of black folk that we're not a monolith. And so it's so easy to see the different influences because I mean, of course I have Caribbean background, I have Creole background. So my vision is going to be different and how it's going to be communicated than someone who may be from New York and may have a different background or someone from LA who's black and might have a different background as well. And so now it seems less 
of a check mark and more of a, oh, shoot, let, let's clean our glasses and look a little bit better because this inspiration, these people have been here forever. Why have we not given the voice? And so it seems or it feels a little bit more authentic now because I'm getting opportunities and I'm seeing friends getting opportunities, not because they're a black designer, but because they're a designer who just happened to be black. I like that. I like that inversion of that kind of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so you mentioned in discussing the wallpaper a little bit about mm -hmm. how you kind of are naturally inclined towards interior design. Even yes. the fact that you were like, oh, I don't have wallpaper. I'll just paint it. Yeah. That reminded me so much of when you said like Alice Lucille, she was like, oh, I don't like the paint. I'll make it. Oh my God. I haven't made that connection until you just said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like it. I feel like it's always been part of who you are, but yeah. how did you decide to make a career out of it? I think after, so like my TV watching in, in like grade school was trading spaces. Yes. Was, oh my God. Exactly. See? The time lapse. Yes. yes. I was like, yes. wait a minute, what? And then what was it? I think the, well, that was like Stacey London and what's his name um, from like, what is it called? What it was not always, to wear. What, what not, not to wear. Yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. That one was my favorite one, but I'm trying to think. Um, Nisi Nash was the host of one too. Oh. oh gosh, it's escaping me too. Yes. But like that was the TV that I watched. Yeah. That's what I was interested in. And so I would always, I mean, see my dad, of course, like he would teach me how to like put up crown molding so I can do that. I can do baseboard and I can do trim on the walls. Like that was, he just taught me how to do that. Um, and so I think for me, it took them basically saying that the next time that you paint your walls, that you do anything to your walls is going to be in your own house. So that's how many times I changed my bedroom <laughs> because I was like, oh, I like it this month. And I don't know, but it just, it was always in me. But then I think I went to, so I'm, I graduated from Overton and I, of course, Kappa art student. And so I just wanted a different way for my art to live because I paint, I sculpt all the things. And that's where my love of jewelry making came from as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's that. That's where it kind of came from. But then I went to, I went on to college and I started off in hospitality management. It's like, okay. no, I mean, I want a hotel, which I do now, but I want to design one and then own it. I um, see. Yeah. It's yeah, just I'm a like, different, that's it's different it's, than running it. Yeah. yeah. It's a different kind of animal than mm -hmm. I think the hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, just, just let me design those. And then I stopped that. And then I ended up going in for public relations. And then I was like, I just feel that I would need public relations rather than being the person. So I said, let, let me just, no. And then I went into architecture and I'm like, this is too much math. Right? I, yeah. I looked <laughs> and I'm like, this, okay, this is just first semester and I've changed this much. We need to nail something down. And so that's why I went into a focus on interiors and still math, but I could yeah, do it. I was going to say, isn't yeah. there still math? <laughs> yes. I, I was tricked. I don't know. And I was pushed up <laughs> against the wall. It's yeah. that blend of art and, and science. And there you go. And so that's why I like interior design, of course, because it is more the science of why an interior works. And so for me, it was the color psychology. It was making sure that the space worked for aging in place. And so that is where like I nerd out on design. And I'm like, this is it. This is where it is. Just stop. Don't look at anything else. And because your credits and also your scholarships, you need hours <laughs> that count towards something. So yes. just stop. But I, I fell in love with it. And there we go. I mean, I had the base. You did. So it was like you had it in your in your blood, really. Yeah. And I just wanted to learn the rules so I can know how to break them. So. Oh, I love that. Um, but okay, so you're from Memphis, mm -hmm. but why did you decide to stay in Memphis for interior design? Because you said initially it was not all that welcoming. Mm -hmm. Because my whole career is based on yes, wanting to make sure that joy is put out in the world, especially where we have to maybe create it for ourselves, but it's also given myself a chance because I could easily, well, not easily because I wanted to go to California and that's not easy, um, <laughs> especially San Diego and La Jolla to be exact. Like that's a dream. Oh, that's so gorgeous. I will retire there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't I live can, there right now. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that about yes. you. Okay. And so 2018, California almost had me, but I was like, I didn't give myself a chance or now I have a little bit more because I ended up working at, when I quit my my corporate job. I went and worked at Stock and Bell and helped out mm -hmm. with the interiors there. And so I was like, okay, this is my footing. And Erica was very gracious in like letting me have my footing there, work in, in that environment because she was like, that's what you went to school for. I need help with it. Come on. And then I'm like, oh, 
okay, I can <laughs> do it. Um, and then I did. I just kind of decided that, you know what, Memphis still has a need and I can't let my dream be crushed by something that happened in the past. And I'm seeing like the trend of what interior design, because Memphis, of course, is we we get trends not when everybody gets them. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yes. Okay. And so if my thing is travel as well, and uh, I'm like, I hear a common theme of like, oh, Memphis should be like LA or Memphis should be like this. No, Memphis can be like Memphis, but why not we bring that inspiration that we have, one, from who we are, because it's there. Memphis has, it's not just Inspiration comes from everywhere. Like, look at our history. But then if you want that scene, that L.A. scene, that Atlanta scene, that New York scene, why can't we be responsible for bringing it here? And so it's almost like my that that's why it's my duty, responsibility. Like, if you want that L.A. vibe in a club or in a in a hotel or in a restaurant. OK, let's get it. Yeah. Like, let me design it. Because or if there is something that you want from another city and you can see how it improves in ours. Don't go. Memphis is what you make it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Memphis is what you make it. I like that. And so I I love it because it's a beautiful base. It's like a canvas that has already been primed and is waiting to continue to be painted by different stories. And so that's why I'm like, well, maybe during my time of a designer, let me continue to do that. If I hear a need, Mm -hmm. like... That's why I love doing commercial design a lot more. I love residential. That's where I got my start. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was Chef um, Kelly English. Yeah, I was just about to say. I was about Panta, say, right? Yeah, yep. Panta, yeah. Who gave my start in commercial. And I ran away from that job, y'all. I did. I told him. I was like, you can get somebody else to do it. Kind of like that that um, that TikTok. Like, no, pick somebody else. But And he was like, well, no, because you're the only one to do this job. And he <laughs> let me take a summer off. I had a moment. I needed to go to Puerto Rico to like gather myself and he was like i hope you're good because this restaurant has got to open so i'm like oh i didn't i didn't know okay so but that's why i like doing public spaces because you get to have those otherworldly experiences but it's what memphis had all along so i felt i felt transported when i went to panta i was like i don't know what city i'm in but i'm thrilled to be here this is amazing (laughs) it's like so cosmopolitan and so like oh just so vibrant yeah i loved it and so how so you were talking about like the psychology of design and, and of spaces. And so is there any way that you're, you know, conscious of that Memphis is the way Memphis looks inspires your work or impacts it, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say kind of from the music, because I'm also a chromastite or like um synesthesia, I, ex- I experience chromastesia. So from music, I translate that or my brain translates it as color. And so can you share, can you share a little bit more about yeah, what that is? With yeah, us? Yeah. So basically if I hear a song, it's kind of like I'm thrown into a kaleidoscope and my brain and emotion picks the color room to kind of stop in. And so I use that, for instance, like I had Kelly and Aaron pick out some songs that they wanted the space to feel like. And so there was some songs from Memphis on there, but then there were just some songs in general. And so I pick out the colors and the emotions that I experience in those songs and push it towards the design. And so I make sure that I will incorporate them somehow. And then it, it usually works like 96.8% of the time it works for clients. That's an A. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's an A. <laughs> exactly. And not one that you kind of like. No, have that's to, an A plus. It's an A plus. That's a, yeah, that's a solid A. Written in green. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I would say just from like the, the culture, one thing that I want to do is continue to visit different neighborhoods and let the neighborhood tell me what the design should be. And so that's how I kind of form my design for different spaces around the city because like I've worked in Cordova. I'm doing one in downtown right now, a 19 room um, real estate office that I'm finishing up. Yes. Um, I'm not going to get my hairline back, y'all. But <laughs> I thought I was. So yeah, Bosley. No, but um, and then I have worked, of course, in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Those are all different languages. Totally. And so I just kind of walk the neighborhoods whenever I'm designing in a space and seeing what they want, what they need, go to the coffee shops that are in the area, just go to different restaurants and kind of feed off of that. And so I'd let Memphis tell me how to design Memphis. That's such a unique so approach. Cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not. You're the first person I've ever heard that oh. <laughs> that is 
<laughs> that hears songs in colors and emotions like that. And it makes a lot of sense, honestly, now that you're saying it. Well, yeah, because I think that whenever we're, we have a space, like I know with me, and that's how I explain it to my clients, it's like, give me a playlist, give me a song of how you want your room to feel. And I think that we all have like a music video that we imagine when we're living, like what our theme song would be when like we wake up in the morning. And so it's like, why not translate that into how the space actually looks? So then it makes me go to them is like, well, what does that room look like? What does that room feel like? How does it smell? What color are the like light glares that are coming in from if it's going to be golden hour that you're going to take a nap or does the sun shine when you wake up in the morning and it like hits you right here on your eyes? That is what I want to get out of the client. And then I create it. And so it's the life that you want to experience rather than just the interior. Mm. So and music is like just a common way for people to communicate emotions with Mm -hmm. one another. If Mm -hmm. they can't speak your same language of interior design, it's like, well, check out this song. And then there you go. You can interpret it. Yeah. Cool. And this is a music city. I think that is such a beautiful connection between your work and the history and culture and current livability of, of our community is that it is so rooted in music. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's why it just works because I grew up around music and I mean, my dad is a musician. And so like, it's always, he would play like at Memphis sounds, he would play at Isaac Hayes. And so I always grew up around it. And even when Westies used to be the North end, like Ooh. I remember doing my homework in the booths there and yes. so <laughs> and taking naps. And so <laughs> that it's just been the influence. And I think that it was discovered in school that that was the connection, like I think in second or third grade, because it happens with numbers as well with me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing math and one of my teachers, it was second grade, Miss Roden, and she would be like, well, there's something that's connecting and something that's not, but we're going to figure it out. And she got to my parents. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, She got to my parents and she was like, I'm going to figure something out, but I think I know what it is. And so we just did numbers by colors. And that's how I learned math. But then it was also experienced when I would listen to songs and I went to her. I'm like, this is happening again. I don't know what it is. I don't. And she was like, well, this is your superpower. It is. It's like Spider-Man. That's what made me yeah. think when it, this thing's happening and I'm transforming yep. and don't I don't like know what's it. happening. I think I do. Let me know how to control it. And so, yeah. And so with music, I would always experience that with my dad. I had emotions when my dad would play, but I also saw colors. And so I'm like, maybe it's a thing. And so I just started applying it like all the way, I guess, starting in college, I applied it to the the projects that I have because I was like, well, let me just do what I do and see if it works. That was it. I love how you're like, and that was it. No, but I also feel like too, yeah, it's all the senses that Mm -hmm. are like head on, which makes those amazing immersive experiences in those places. Yes. I love it. So if you're just now joining us, we are chatting with David Quarles, the fourth multi-hyphenate creative, wonderful Memphian. And we are talking about all things interior design um, and really all things creative and Memphis Mm -hmm. and art and everything that falls under that umbrella. Yes. So you mentioned... A little earlier about how Memphis is like a big canvas that's already primed and everybody kind of adds to it. I feel like you broke out the big, bold colors, though. Oh, like okay. Maybe, <laughs> may, maybe we were, you know, using some lighter pastels or something and mm-hmm. you were like, no, we're going to saturate this color like full opacity. We're going. Yeah. And um, I'm curious what you've seen. You mentioned earlier too the shift in the artists and the scene here. So. What are you seeing now with more designers, multi-hyphenate creatives generally who could be based anywhere, like you said, whether it's California or otherwise, that are choosing to be headquartered here in Memphis? I'm seeing that because art is considered, it is actually seen as a career now. Because I think that when we were growing up, it was always like, oh, you're an artist, but what's your real job? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, shoot. But now I love, and this is kind of like I get a chance to, because this year I'm focusing on pillars um, or like my different pillars in my business and just my focus in general. And so education is one of them. And so I've had a chance to go back to schools, but like elementaries, middle schools and high schools, and just reassure the students that you do know that art is a real job now. So if anyone ever tries to tell you that you have to get a real job, art is also an answer. Um, Because I forget the stats and I I don't want them to get me at Arts Memphis, but it's (laughs) basically, I think that the arts, um, let me see. Yeah, the 
arts community, not the arts community, the arts industry is the second largest financially next to FedEx. Wow. So that's how much money is brought in by the arts in the city of Memphis. And so it's like, now we see that. So that means that it is a career. Yeah. And I think that with us seeing more, more like institutions like Tone come up mm-hmm. and you're able to see that they're able to employ other artists. You can practice whatever your art is and it'd be your job. It'd be how you buy your groceries. It'd be how you are, you know, just living your life, paying mortgage, paying rent. And so it's a real thing. And it's because the cost of living is lower here, too. It makes it a little bit easier for you to be an artist. And so it's kind of like I don't need to go to New York or, you know, like I don't need to go specifically to Brooklyn to have that experience as living as an artist who gets to go to gallery openings, who gets to have drinks in the afternoon because that's life here now. And so that's been kind of the thing, like you see a shift. And I think that it kind of started in 2017. That's when I saw a big shift in the city, period, Um, because I got a chance to work downtown and just kind of saw that, oh, my goodness, artists are like, we're doing this thing. And can I call myself an artist? Um, (laughs) Am I making money on my art? And at that time, I was heavily selling my jewelry, Um, like having more time to create and just that and not design. I'm like, oh. I'm in the, yes, I'm in the industry. And so I think that, yeah, it's more of a chance now that people are giving themselves to express themselves creatively, but then seeing that it's also an actual thing that they can live on and that they can confidently live on and that it's celebrated in the city because Memphis is born in arts. So what type of resources does Memphis offer for artists that it hasn't historically offered? Is is there anything going on now that's supporting and investing in that community. Yes. Um, So specifically, just because I was there last week and I'm working on a project with them, but um, Tone offers like co-working spaces, offers um, like grant writing, like how to do that. And so especially for artists who may not know how to write a grant, because I mean, I just learned. um, (laughs) And it is, well, if you're learning from someone who's actively doing it right now, then that can help you to actually go and look for those grants. And then see how to write for them and how to successfully write for them, not just kind of do that. Um, But then a a space to work, to have your art, like if you don't necessarily have a living space um, to where you have a studio as well, they offer that as that's one of their things too. But then I know with Arts Memphis, they have different grants, different um, financial resources and just kind of like a library or a catalog of knowledge that you can have and making sure that you make your success here as as an artist. And so one thing that I want to look for um, and encourage more for the arts community here, and it's there, but the financial side, Mm. because you can make a lot of money being an artist here. But then it's like, how do you make it a viable business? It's a business. It's a good industry. But then how do you make sure that you have the right entity? How do you make sure that you claim it, you know, like correctly for taxes and to make sure that you can buy that home that you want, like get the loan that you need as an artist, because it's great you making the money, but then you have to set yourself up. And so there are, and I just need to be a little bit more knowledgeable about it because I'm pretty sure that there are some things that are already set up, but we would like to see it more because if I have a question about it, I'm pretty sure that other, other artists yeah, too, yeah. have questions about it too. Um, but then, yeah, so that that's what I'm looking for. But those are the things that are available, like spaces to create, but as well, the resources to kind of move you along in, in the industry. It's a, it sounds like in Memphis, there are now communities of artists that are like passing along this knowledge to each other mm-hmm. that's been kind of... Kind of gatekept. Yeah. yeah. And, and spreading the word about that. And so like transitioning this idea of like scarcity to abundance like Mm -hmm. there is room we don't all artists don't have to compete with each other for these resources we can share it and it's a community yeah yeah yeah. but it's typically like there's that kind of vibe of of like oh well there's only room for one interior designer in memphis and Mm -hmm. it is i you know but like (laughs) it's it's strange but it's the way that it feels now and especially being in the community of artists is kind of like once we get in those rooms that we weren't once allowed in that we you know like we comport ourselves as we need to in the room and then we immediately run to the group text of artists like, hey, this is what I found out. This is everything that we have. Let's go. Like, 
we're able to do this. So it's like breaking, like you said, that that gatekeeping of information. And we share it with each other because, I mean, even like my other designer friends, we have a thing that in one specifically, Quita, um, Quita Tate, we have a meeting of the minds. And so it's like, well, what's working in your business? What's not? And vice versa. And how can we make each other better so that we're not competing? Rather, we are just like, if I'm busy, then, you know, Quita's here. So it's kind of like that with other designers as well. And then, of course, too, like within the arts community, like because I was able to be in it a little bit more because of doing markets like um, the Memphis markets that we have, as well as the ones that Sock and Bell put on, that you get a chance to meet other artists. And it's the same thing, too. Your business structure may be different, but it could work. And so it's like, well, what have you found out? (laughs) Let's share it. And that's the way it feels now. It's not like other artists are keeping anything from you. It's like, no, I, I went to this room and then let's dish about it. Yeah. More uh, communities need to learn from that. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is so smart. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to build community. I Hearing that, it makes me have so much pride in in the city of Memphis yes. and, and the way that we function as, as a big, small town in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. um you know, can you speak more to how that sense of community is building pride of place, especially for artists? Yes. And so that's what I love the most, too, because like when other people are saying like, OK, well, you have this experience. Why aren't you in New York or you would be great in New York or you would be great here? And I'm like, well, first of all, no, I wouldn't because the the train system uh, that scares me. <laughs> there are lots of rats, so, too. Don't go. Yeah. Don't Don't go. I've seen them. They once <laughs> jumped over my foot because I had some really good roti in my hand yes, and it know. was just like, hey. Um, I want that food. No, you don't. And now I'm scared. So no. Um, I still love New York, but Uber's the way to go. Um, but it, it's it's really good because it's like, oh, wait a minute. You're the artist, but wait a minute. You just did a, a collaboration with my cousin. And so that's how it feels here. And it's like, oh, well, I know this person because I went to high school with them or I went to elementary school with them. And now you're like this designer or you're this this creative. And so it is very much that it is a community that we've always been a part of. And now that we are going and like having those opportunities of, of being professional artists, it helps us want to come back together because I'm thinking of, for instance, Carl Hess, who I went to school with. He graduated a year above me and like he was always the standard of art to be because he is amazing. Um, but then he just ended up having a show on HGTV for design where he got a chance to incorporate his artwork. And so it's like you see that and it's that sense of pride. It's like Carl. And then he did it in Orange Mound, which is where my mom's side of the family got their start. And it's just like, and you did it in Orange Mound. Oh, my goodness. And then it's more of like not, oh, well, he did it in this part of town and like took this idea or whatever. It's more of how can I contribute? Not for shine, but for building up the the community a little bit more. A rising tide lifts all ships. Thank you. And so (laughs) it's it's super cool, like seeing things like that. And it's kind of like. You see one thing and it's not building off of it because you want to latch yourself onto it, but it's more of building to make them progress, like give them that boost that they need. And then in turn, you might find some inspiration in yourself that you didn't know that you had before. And so, but doing it in such a place like Memphis, you know, basically everybody. And if you don't, you will, or somebody knows, somebody, somebody's cousin. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And you kind of find out. And I've like in putting on events, I found out that a lot more. It's like it's it's so neat. It is a a big little city. Yes. And it feels like that we're doing big things, but we can also celebrate together because it's like, oh, I know you. That's it. I feel like one way you do this really well, too, is when you have that national spotlight on you, you kind of bring in some of the local players and you're like hey look i'm doing cool things in memphis but there are other memphians doing cool stuff in memphis too yes so like i have an example here of like your cocktails with cane and herb for jack daniels yes like that's great like you could have easily not done that and you were like no again the rising tide lifts all ships that intentional inclusion like let's all grow this together and show that because, too, like you mentioned with the shows on HGTV or whatever it is, it's not like, oh, been there, done that. They did one in Orange Mound. It's like, no, they have all these other shows in a million other cities and they do the same things and mm-hmm. different. You know what I mean? So what's different about that? Like everybody can have a show yeah. in Memphis and showcase all these other different things. Yes. And so I really I do love that camaraderie and that kind of. Not a hand out, but a hand like together, up. Up, mm-hmm. like with each other, like kind of linking arms in that way. 
there you go. That That's how it feels. And that's one thing that like any national campaign that I've had, I think the first one that I did was with Ford, like the big one that I had with Ford. But then I was like, okay, well then one place that I really like is um, going to Golden Hour. And I'm like, well, why don't do a plant haul using the new truck, you know, like with Ford and then showcase that it was at golden hour but then the same thing yes with with cane and herb i will always use it one so we i met them at a um, pop-up that we did for the city like downtown and it was like a super cold day so we of course bonded because we were next to each other it's like oh my god it's so cold I'm sorry. <laughs> um but then they were so cool and so neat like i just loved their story loved how you know like everything is organic and then it tastes amazing and so and i, I think I just, I don't know. I kind of like attached my, my affection to their story, to how they do things. And of course, like the product and very much like you said, if I'm going to have, I don't want to be the only one getting the the spotlight. It's like, okay, well then let's bring them in yeah. as well. And like, these are the ones that you can use. And I made sure that in my contract, I can mention another brand um, because it's not a national brand. Not right now. Not right now. Not, not right yet. Now. Y'all are going to be on store shelves soon, everybody. Um, but <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I can mention them because then when it came time to make the actual recipe, they had to go to Cane and Herb's website <gasps> in order to order those. Sneaky, sneaky. I like yes. that you worked that into the contract, too. Oh, yeah. That's something smart. I mean, I know that's probably an obvious, but as someone who doesn't deal a lot with contracts, mm -hmm. like making sure that other artists know that. Take take a closer look at those little mm -hmm. tiny lines because and make sure. Compete, that, yeah. Because like Jack Daniels doesn't make that I know of simple serves. Mm -hmm. So then it's not a national brand that they're competing with and it's not in the same industry. So it's like, okay. well, then why can't I mention mm -hmm. them? Absolutely. Mention them. And Th having that confidence and that boldness to like write that in. I like it. Yeah, because for some of my my contracts before, when I was just doing my, my contracting for a little bit, I didn't know what I was doing. And some some brands were like, oh, he doesn't know great. And so I learned <laughs> to start lying and saying that I had representation. And really, it was me studying at like five o'clock in the morning contractual law, especially <laughs> for like for influencers. And I would be like crying in the morning. I was like, I want to go to sleep. I don't want to do this no more. Um, but then it, it helped out because yeah. I was like, well, my representation said. And then the price changed. Oh, funny how but, that works. Yeah, uh -huh. All of this changed. And I'm like, I should be lying more. But then <laughs> I actually got a, a lawyer here to do those things. And now I have representation. It's been different. But yeah, it's that learning that first. And so, yeah, artists, please look at those contracts. Mm. All because you'd never know what you can, what more you can get out of it, especially if it's a national thing. And then how much more you can make that spotlight other artists and artists or other creatives in the city, too. The, the story that you shared also has some wisdom for aspiring and emerging artists listening that like get out and go go to events and meet people oh my God, like yes. create relationships because that you know you never know when that perfect project's going to come up or you're going to be like I need this from that person that I met at whatever event so and like, there's go. an unprecedented level of accessibility to any community artist funder that you could think of yes that's the thing too. And like um one good place, like if you're if you're an artist now who's like trying to get into the the scene or just meet other creatives, like make sure to look at things like crafts and drafts or look at all of the other um art festivals that are local that you can kind of go to and just kind of go around. I mean, because some of the time too, those festivals are long. The creatives who are there want to talk. They, it's not just to sell their product, which is a priority. However, it <laughs> is yes. just, yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. That um, network. Yes. It's building your network. And so like, that's one way that I ended up meeting Booth. Um, B. Sartain, Booth, who does mm -hmm. the, the earrings, earrings, but yeah. she is also an amazing muralist. And so she's the one who ended up doing the mural for Sweet Magnolia. Because it's like, you will know how to plug in those different creatives once you just get to know them. And it's not, why would I outsource that to a different city when there's someone who does it amazingly well here? Like, exactly. That doesn't make sense. And so the funny thing was for Sweet Magnolia, I, of course, wanted to do wallpaper because it's apparently a thing with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Crosstown Concourse, the walls are a little bit rough. Yeah. And so it was like, well, it's not going to take peel and stick and no one is going to be putting traditional paint or um, wallpaper up there because they will have me and like probably try to say harsh words to me. Um, <laughs> and so that that's why I was like, you know what? 
let's see if we can create one. So we ended up taking the background of Hugh's website and made a pattern. And Booth was like, this is how we can make this pattern and become the wallpaper. But she painted the wallpaper. And so it's like, you never would have known if I hadn't done this market and Booth was there and she was amazing. Um, I had actually worked with her husband before, but and did not know who she was and then made the connection. But that's the thing. So you never know. And now like with artists, you can, what is this? Whitney Winkler. Like mm-hmm. I was able to source some of her artwork because one of my clients fell in love with her florals that she came out with over the summer. And I was like, well, how can we incorporate this? Let's, let's get big, what three big paintings that she's done and incorporate in the design. And then since I may have a national eye, make sure to tag her. Other people can find. And it's not like saying that more people are discovering her because of my work. It's just that let's bring it together because people may not know me and see that, you know, her work was in the design and be like, oh, shoot, who's this person? Like, we love Whitney, but who is this with the mustache? (laughs) Who is this with the mustache? So it's that. That's the thing. It's just making sure that why shop TJ Maxx when you could shop your artists who are around here, the creatives who supported you. And that intentionality, too, of, like I said, whether it's the contracts, whether it's the simple tag on or using different people in different ways, that goes so far. Yeah. Because everything is, yeah, that word of mouth. (laughs) Um, Something I wanted to touch on, too, while you were here today, and I know I emailed you about it previously, is I feel like you live a very authentic life. And I don't know if that's something you've always done or if it you kind of grown into that confidence. But... As one of the pillars of you educating and kind of going around to young people and saying that art is a career, I also wonder kind of what advice you would give to young people or young artists starting out to say, you don't have to be like everybody else. You can be different. And that is your superpower, whether you see colors in songs or whether you want to wear lots of jewelry or whether you whatever it is, embrace that instead of running away from it. And that's something I just kind of get just from sitting across from you right now. I get it from your Instagram too, which which (laughs) genuinely makes me happy every day. But I'm curious kind of what advice and what your own kind of leadership lessons that you've learned along the way on how to lean into that as opposed to run away from it. Yeah, I think that's something that I learned specifically from my dad because he very much is an artist too. So I've touched on him like being his his daytime was truck driver, but of course musician on the weekends, but on the weekends during the day we were doing construction. But I also learned that like he made jewelry for my mom and he also did paintings when he was a butcher. He would take like the butcher paper and he would be painting there and he wow. they, they would be like, well, why, why aren't you doing the job? Why are you painting? <laughs> and so he was always seen as different. Like he was always the one. And once he noticed that in me, we would sit down and have talks. He was like, David, you're going to experience the world differently than what other people expect you to experience it. But he was like, don't ever let that take your shine. Don't ever let that take your confidence away or your ability or want to be who you are in that moment. Don't ever let that, you know, it's going to be hard. Like he told me, you're going to face this. You're going to face this challenge, but I'm always here in your corner. Like we're always here in your corner to back you. And so whoever you are, that's, that's, that's who you're meant to be. And so I, with all of that, it was still like going to school. I was like, oh my God, I'm seeing this different. I don't like this. This is so weird. I don't know. Yeah. And so for a very long time, I don't think it was until ninth grade that I was more of like, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. This is so weird. This is not me. Square peg, round hole. And yes. I am tired of trying to make it work. Yes. I was like, oh my God. No, no. And this is ninth grade. Nobody really knows me. Let me just introduce them to who David is. And that's where it all started. And so like it, it went a little extreme to the fact that that like boycotted uniforms in yes, school too. Yes, um, same. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I never wore them until the last day of my 12th grade year. And I took a picture with my principal for spite. Um, but no, we're okay now. <laughs> you gotta know the rules so you can break them. Absolutely. And I did. Like Carol Johnson was the, the um, superintendent at that time. And it just kind of came to the point to where I visited her so much. She's like, oh my goodness. And then she was like, well, wait a minute, you make jewelry? And she became a client And <laughs> as I was in high school. So it was like the focus of like our appeal meetings that 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 went. She was like, okay, but do you, do you, did you finish my necklace? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Just bring man. it by the next time exactly. you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, those appeal papers, are we going to discuss them? Like, no. Um, <laughs> but it, it's that 
I've always had like that backing, thankfully, but then I, I didn't use that backing of like that my parents gave me of being confidently who I am. I didn't use it for such a long time. So that's why I say like in all of my endeavors right now, I'm making up for lost time for the David who was in sixth grade shy and thought that, you know, like he had to be certain way. His favorite color had to be blue in order to just be accepted as as him. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I need to go back to that David and be like, nah, that yellow that you wanted to wear, wear it, wear it now. Or that pink shirt that you wanted to wear, please go and put it on right now. Just make sure it's ironed or at least put it in the dryer. <laughs> but I am going back to give that David a chance, but also wanting to do so in schools because I want to, when I go to the different schools now, be that career day professional that I wish I saw. Ooh. And I just, you know, firemen are great. They help us out. And no one almost had to help me because a plant caught on fire. Um, <laughs> so yes, house. everyone so, yes. who still wants to be a firefighter, yes, please do. <laughs> please do it. Whatever your career path is, please want to do it. But if you're wanting to do something that isn't in the catalog of professionals that are offered, it is okay. Um, and I'm hoping that I can get to go to more schools to show those kids who are looking for someone different, who is bold, who wants to wear all of the colors, flowers, and who reflects who they really are. I want to be that and be like, you're represented this can happen please keep not dreaming just go ahead and wake up and turn that to your reality because it's going to happen for you and that's one thing that i made sure to do in the last school because it was about being a multi-hyphenate i had them write down um i went to highland oaks and had the students like ask them what do you want to be and there were, of course, like the firemen, the policemen, mm -hmm. the the dentist. But then we started getting YouTuber. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> or I want to be a content creator. Or yeah. I want to be a designer. But I'm afraid to. And I was like, well, why are you afraid? So I had them list their fears. But I had them list all of their careers that they wanted to be. And they were like, but we can't do all of that. I said, what do you want to do? Just write that down. And then... After we talked about it, I had certain students like answer questions about it, but then I had them just kind of do a sign from or connecting their first um, career choice and encompassing all of the career choices that they had all the way down to the bottom and then had them write a little branch out. And I was like, what I want you to do now is write, I can do anything that I want to do at any time that I want to do it. And I had them write it down and I was like, so what did we just write? And they all said it in unison. And I was like, please apply that to any dream, to any color, to any choice that you want to make respectfully. Like, just don't be going out and be saying, I can do anything I want. But, or you can, <laughs> you know, just choose the time and place. But I wanted to have them or at least give them a little bit of confidence that whoever you want to be, please do it. Because there's no other time that you can do it. And there's nobody better to do it but you. I love that. I feel like there's a lot to be said for what can happen with the next generation yes. if they can, you know, kind of harness that creativity and boldness that maybe some of us didn't get to harness until a little later. Mm -hmm. Yo, I'm inspired. I'm quitting my job. I'm <laughs> following my dreams. No, Jamie. I won't allow it. I didn't just Beyonce you and release your job. Uh -uh. I'm writing my novel. It's happening, you guys. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, but yes, do that. Oh, thank you. Okay, so something that we do with our guests mm -hmm. is a lightning round. Oh, my. So we did not prep you for this. No, this you did is not. the first. Hand sweat coming. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. So the first thing that comes to your mind when I say these questions, are you ready? Are you ready? I, I think so, but you okay. never know. You never know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one, best vegan restaurants in Memphis. <gasps> Oh my goodness, no. Uh, Plant-based heat. I love them a lot. Um, the Vegan Goddess, not a restaurant, but service. And The Guilty Vegan. Okay. Yes. Um, favorite place to be active in the city? Like as far as gym, working out, just Whatever, active. However, however you mean, however you interpret that question. When you went running and, and started crying. And... Shelby Farms. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Favorite piece of jewelry to make? <gasps> Necklaces. Oh, okay. I would have thought you said rings. Okay. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, That's more commitment. <laughs> do you color code your closet? Absolutely. <laughs> and by texture. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to need to debrief sidebar about yep. this later. Okay. <laughs> um, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? Oh my God. Uh, things, this, this, this wallpaper line. Yes. Um, finished celebrating it last week, but working on taking that launch nationally. And then there may be a penthouse and it may be a, a hotel that's going to feature that wallpaper. Oh. There may be. Yeah. Okay. Just maybe. Yes. There okay. Go. <laughs> um, Jamie, Ray, Rebecca, anything? Could you describe the Memphis creative community in one word? Beautiful. Ooh, not even a beat. <laughs> not even. Okay, not even a breath. Jamie? Um, how do you choose what to wear when you get up in the morning? Like, is it based on how you feel? Is it based on... The weather? The weather. Yes. <laughs> so if it's cloudy? I guess that was, a, that was an obvious question. <laughs> well, no, but it's in a different way. If it's cloudy, more color. If it's sunny, ah. I'll blend in oh, with the day. that's why you're so colorful today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it started off as cloudy, but now it just tricked me. So I'm like, shoot, now I can go back into like my mu- more muted colors. But no, it's for emotion. And basically, if someone is going to see me or experience me during a cloudy day, I want to be bright. Love it. It's just like that psychology of design that you're, it's just your personal fashion is I love it. Do you um, have Do you have any other like hidden talent or interest or hobby that we wouldn't expect you to have? Ooh. Oh my. I mean, no, because cooking, I like that. And plus, I'm hungry right now. Um, I don't know if, if that growl made it to the. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we cool edited it out. I was going to say, I kind of hope, hope it did because yep, it was, it was, it was kind of right, right on cue. Yep, right on. It's like hunger. I don't know. I like to sing. Ooh. I do not sing well. So that's why I just keep those like concert or shower concerts. Yeah. That, Give us a little taste, right? I'm just Mm-mm. kidding. I'm just kidding. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Y'all going to have the whole city council me. I'm good. No. So a singer, a singer, a chef, and a designer. All right. And a jewelry maker. A jewelry and maker, a Zumba instructor. And I do it's the slash, slash, slash. Hey, podcaster. Talk to me. Yes. I'm a, I'm a director. Yes. I'm an actor. Let's talk. Let's I want to be in a play before I leave this earth. Oh, I was about to say we need to talk to Jamie, but we also need to talk to Lawanette. Lawrence Williams, mm-hmm. yes. Memphis Black Arts Alliance. Shout out! Whoa. I mean, come on! Yes. I would love that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for Thank your y'all. time today, David. It has been so fun. You are that little kind of jolt of energy and joy that we all needed on this day. Your outfit included. Um, so it brings us so much joy to have you on and to chat about the artist community in Memphis, our opportunities, our ways that you know we're already kind of knocking it out of the park, and the way that the the tides are shifting yes. for Memphis, and that more nationally recognized artists and creatives will continue to make Memphis their headquarters. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All righty, ladies. How did you enjoy that conversation with David? I feel so energized and inspired and just excited about being in Memphis and, and yeah, and being part of the artistic community here. Like, I I just feel great. (laughs) I'm delighted. Delighted to be here. The spaces and places I feel like in Memphis, like you mentioned, are so cosmopolitan these days. And I feel like David is a huge part of that. So whether it's the jewelry he, the jewelry or wallpaper he's creating, whether it's um, commercial or residential spaces or, you know, educating youth and connecting people to resources about the artist community. We're just really grateful that David chooses to be headquartered right here in the 901. And we know that that kind of fabric of artists and creatives in Memphis is only getting stronger and stronger. So we can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, He's never allowed to leave. <laughs> You're not allowed to go to San Diego. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I love it. Um, so a few end of show announcements. We have a couple of events coming up that we are super excited about. Jamie, would you like to tell us about our events? Yes. A week from today, we've got Memphis 101. This is our free event. So please register online. Um, It is a free event. It is at Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame, which is on the University of Memphis campus. And it's basically like a crash course in all things Memphis. So especially great if you're new to the city and you want to learn more about it, you want to network with some people, get some free food, grab a drink. And it's great for people who are from Memphis, too. I'm from Memphis, and I went to my first Memphis 101, and I learned so much. I was like, I I had no idea. I learned so much about Beale Street. and Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Another event that we have coming up is uh, part of our Celebrate What's 
Right series. This will be next month, April 6th. Um, During the day, it's a lunchtime event. It is featuring entrepreneurship in Memphis called Risky Business. So it's giving kind of, we'll have a, a an expert panel moderated by Jessica Tavo from Epicenter. And we'll be really taking a look into entrepreneurship in Memphis and, and the exciting things that are going on and why entrepreneurs are choosing to be here, like David, like artists, choosing yeah. to be here in Memphis. Well, exciting. And you can learn all about those events and more um, about New Memphis over at newmemphis.org. And as always, we hope that you remember that New Memphis is a local nonprofit and we are powered by the donations of you. And so we, we, um, <laughs> the donations of you, the donations of you, <laughs> the donations and sponsorships of you. Um, but yeah, we hope if you like what you hear today and every week that you would consider donating when you're at newmemphis.org. There's a big red donate button. You cannot miss it. We greatly appreciate it until next week. Bye. Bye. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.